There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. All right. Hey everyone. This is Angela McHouston of Music Strong. And I am Dr. Jen Cabots of Tuned and Tone Performance. And this is the Tuned and Strong podcast. We are coming to you from various locations. <laughs> As one does in these socially distant times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to do this anyway, but especially right now. <laughs> especially, especially right now. Yeah. So, um, Today we've got some interesting things to talk about. There was something that showed up in my Instagram feed mm. and it just hit home. We were trying to figure out what are the next things that we're going to talk about. And um, this one, this one came up in a couple different ways. Yeah. So the, the memes that showed up and they just started circulating. I'm like, yes, let's just talk about this. So someone says well don't assume you know as much as a clinician just because you've taken some anatomy and physiology classes and the meme that comes back with that is don't assume that you know as much about someone else someone oh wow words are hard um <laughs> don't assume that you know as much about someone's own body just because you're a clinician mm. yeah. <laughs> right so I'm just kind of curious about different experience that we have both had mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in dealing with this. And, and, you know, I mean, it, it comes down, I think a lot of it comes down to ego, yes. you know, um, we always want to be right. We always want to know the answer. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> doctors and ego, I don't want to go too much into that, but, right. um, you know, I mean, it, it does bring up a valid point that when you are living in your own body, no one knows your body as well as you do, mm -hmm. especially not a doctor who looks at you for 10 minutes and you have to describe it to him and he's probably not paying that much attention. They're already charting something else. Right. So that's where I'm yes. with that. Have you had any experiences with that yourself? Oh, so many. <laughs> Oh, oh, share. Give us a story. Oh, so many. Um, so there, there's varying layers of this, of course, and and throughout, I think this recording, we'll end up talking about, you know, of course, the physiological side, and then the um, music instruction and like studies that kind of side thing too, because that's it's all pretty similar, I think. Um, I always like to tie things together, but that's me. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's, there's things that we've talked about before and kind of vented about, I think a little bit in other podcasts where it's, um, we've been through enough in our own bodies that we don't really like being told, well, you have this problem when we know it's not true or that the answer is not right. Um, and actually I quoted this to paraphrase this, I'm sorry, recently, um, like within the last 24 hours to somebody, I can't exactly remember the context, but, um, this is uh, something that I, I'm 
taking from a uh, strong fit podcast, but um, I think I've said basically the same thing before. It's uh, I always know when I'm right. I, I don't always know why I'm right, but I always know when I'm right. When I'm right. <laughs> and that's, you know, when you're dealing with your own body, I mean, nobody else lives in it. And so to have somebody like you said, who's not been uh, living with me or my condition or, you know, anything that I go through on a day-to-day basis and only sees me for maybe 10 minutes, that's, that's a pretty tall order. Um, it's hard. It, it can be very dismissive from them, but also from the other way around, it's hard to diagnose. I mean, you know, I'm just sitting in there in a master class or a trial lesson setting and somebody has this big um, complex musical issue and you can tell, well, maybe, you know, they're complaining about one particular issue that they don't like. Maybe it's their articulation, but they've also got air problems and embouchure problems and voicing problems. And you're going, I have 10 minutes to get this person to sound better because that's competitive music world. That's what you have to do. Um, and how do I get them to sound better with their articulation, which is their problem when so many things are in the way. Right. So there's that end of it. There's also, um, if we're talking the first quote you have, right, which is the don't assume, you know, as much just because you took a class or did a Google search, you know, I'm going to go back to when I first had my um, injury and started recovering from it. Um, Finally started actually getting it recovered. Um, I was so desperate to find a quick fix. So desperate for that. Like, oh no, I'll just do like six weeks of this and then I'll be fine forever. And it's, one of those, you know, and you can find things online where people are like, oh, well, you just do this and that goes away. Or there's so many books that are like, oh, you just do that and it fixes this problem. And even for technical musical issues like, oh, you do this exercise and it'll fix your articulation. Not <laughs> if you're not addressing your embouchure air and voicing, it won't. Um, so it reminds me of a, of a thing I saw yesterday. Yeah. Where it, it, I think it was on Pinterest or I was looking up something and it's, it was complete, the search was completely not what I was expecting, but it, the video that, that Google gave me was how to reduce facial fat. I was like, really? <sighs> <laughs> and, and there you are, can't there spot are, reduce. Yeah, size-free face. Cheaper, or not che- cheater, not cheaper, cheater things you can do temporarily that are not addressing what the problem is. And half the time it's not either not healthy or it's not what you think you're doing. So there's that balance between, you know, you live with yourself and you have to know yourself and also seeking out and respecting people who are knowledgeable and experienced and trying to actually work with you. Not just like, oh yeah, here's a piece of paper, go do this and and be off on your own. (laughs) <laughs> had that experience yeah it's happened a lot yeah and you know I actually had a pretty recent experience with this um, 
hip issue that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've, I've mentioned this in another another um, podcast we talked about. Yeah. But it, where do I even start with this? I would go. I, okay, I was being proactive about this hip issue that I've had for 17 years. It only bothers me when I run or do sit-ups. I do not run, I don't do sit-ups, so it doesn't bother me. But I have started to notice that when I started going on longer walks, like over a mile, mm -hmm. or I hike, or stuff like that, it yeah. has started to bother me more. And I did a Mardi Gras, I did the Mardi Gras parade, which is five miles, and the next day I felt like so I'm gonna take a baseball bat to both of my hip joints. Um, and so it wasn't the same issue, but um, I decided to get that looked at. Now, here's the thing. When I transferred from guard to reserves, you get this thing called a profile. Um, not everybody does, but I had one, and I had a permanent profile. Permanent meaning I should never run or do sit-ups. Okay? I, I went to so many doctors and so many physical therapists, had MRIs, had all these things. No one, no one made me any better. I went to like three different physical therapists. I got 0% better from all of them, not one bit. And that's back when it was hurting all the time because I was running a lot. I was you know, doing all this army stuff. So um, I finally said, well, screw it. Running in sit-ups doesn't compromise anything I do in life. Let's just get the letter that says I don't have, and hey, guess what, the pain went away. So um, when I transferred from guard to reserves, permanent profile doesn't mean permanent. You have to like get it renewed every, I, I don't know, so many years. I've had this thing for mm, like 12 years, I don't know. I don't have a clue who the doctor was who gave it to me. I know where, I don't know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> so he wrote me this letter. So I thought I'm going to be proactive and I know it's not due yet, but I'm going to go see a sports med doc and see if I can't get this addressed, get, get him to write me another letter. I walked into the room and I have never been assaulted with an ego as big as this man. OMG. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to, I, I tried to be respectful and whatnot. And he, he took the he took the x-ray and he's like, everything looks fine. I was like, I know. Uh, basically, I just said, look, I just need another letter. Yes. It doesn't affect my job. It doesn't affect anything. I just need a letter. And he goes, well, do you want a letter or do you actually want to get better? I'm like, okay, dude, you don't know me. Yeah. And I tell you, this has been going on for 17 years and I've seen other people and you automatically think I'm lying and I'm lazy. We have issues. Yeah. I don't have to be here and I don't have to pay you. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I doc, I'll play your game. Sure, I'll try. So he sends me to this this sports, um, this physical therapist mm -hmm. who's got a whole team of people. And um, again, super nice guy. His other people, he goes out to here, right? So very first day, like they're having me do things mm -hmm. that they're like, well, how's your pain level? I'm like, it doesn't hurt. Every single time I go in, well, how's that feeling? I'm like, it doesn't bother me unless I do one of these two things, and I don't do those two things. Yeah. Write it down, staple it to your forehead. I, I know that's weird for you, but, you know, so anyway, they have me doing these things, and, and there was one exercise. First off, she had me do, I couldn't do it, and I literally said, I can't do this, and she rolled her eyes and huffed at me. I was like... I have my own pride too. And I was like, well, I will do this. I was almost in tears because I was embarrassed at how she was treating me in front of other people. And I was physically weak and could not do that exercise. And she didn't listen to me. This went on for weeks. 
um, I, I said, hey, I don't want to have her as a therapist anymore. Can I see the other guy's name is Josh? Can I see somebody else? Oh, well, we have you with Amanda. I was like, no, you don't. Mm, you know, it was a whole different thing. So yeah. she, she was like, she, and then she proceeded to tell me, oh, well, you know, when you ride your bike, you do X, Y, or Z. I'm like, no, lady, you have no idea how I ride my bike. You don't see it. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. Oh, well, you probably do this. I'm like, no, that is actually not how I do that at all. So, like, continually trying to tell me how I do things when she has not observed me in that situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And then he would do the same thing. And, like, he was nicer about it. But I remember I was doing clamshells. For those who, who don't know, clamshells. I can demonstrate. <laughs> clamshells. <laughs> it's kind of Jane Fonda-ish, right? These are clamshells. Yeah. I would feel it right back here, not here where I should have, right? Yeah. And I said, hey, you know what? That burns. And not in a good way. It's like a burning heat, hot, searing pain. Mm -hmm. And I feel that in the ischial tuberosity, which for those who don't know is the, the glute ham tie-in basically, you know, right up in your butt. And he goes, well, you shouldn't. I said, I know I shouldn't, but I do. He goes, well, you shouldn't feel it there. I'm aware of that, but that's where it hurts. And it hurts. He, he finally was like, we'll do a few more. And I was like, no, I'm not doing these anymore. Oh. Well, okay, let's try something else. And every time I'd walk in there, he, he would move my leg around. He goes, man, I wish you had a labral tear. That'd make this so much easier. And I was like, but I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. finally, at the end of it, he's like, well, have you gotten better? I was like, no, I have gotten zero better. You are now number four, who is also, and also you guys didn't listen to me. Yeah. And in fact, he ended up causing an issue I didn't have. So now I'm in physical therapy for that issue before we get to the previous issue, which at this point I'm kind of like, maybe I'll just suffer with it. <laughs> but this lady is actually listening, yeah. or whatever. So story time, coming to a close here, I go back to the sports med doctor and uh, we have a conversation <laughs> and he's like, well, how are you doing? I, I don't actually have a report from Josh, did you go? And I was like, excuse me? Um, yeah, I lost a lot of money going to see him, not just because I've had to pay for it, but I lost, I had to commute 45 minutes one way. So I lost all that time. I wasn't training people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went and he was like, so how do you feel? And I was like, I am no better. Zero. Again, telling you, I just need that letter. He was like, well, do you really want to get better? Cause you know, some things are just in our heads. I say, what? So basically he called me a liar and he goes, well, you know, you're overweight. You are a personal trainer, aren't you? I was like, also, you don't have a clue what I'm dealing with when it comes to my weight. I am keenly aware of that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so I started throwing anatomical terms at him. Bing, 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 bing. I was like, well, the ischial tuberosity this and the glute need this and this is psoas. And he kept wanting to call it the psoas. The iliopsoas. I'm like, nobody calls it that anymore. It's psoas major, psoas minor, iliacus, whatever. And so I started throwing him. He refused to make eye contact with me mm -hmm. since that point. Mm -hmm. He would turn around. And so he started throwing more anatomical terms at me. I didn't pay him. I walked out. Yeah. But I'm like, don't do. I mean, that was like my biggest. And this was recent. This was like February. Yeah. 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 It still makes me mad. So yeah. I left them very nasty Google reviews. 
and the uh, PT called and said, well, we're sorry you feel that way when, you know, do you think we could? And I called him back and left another voicemail. I'm like, no, because now I'm in pain every single day and I wasn't in pain when I saw you. Also, you didn't listen. You were disrespectful. You were rude. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't tell that lady, Amanda, to get her head out of her. You know what? Because she should not tell people and assume she knows how they're doing an activity when she's never seen them and then get all huffy when you say, no, that's not how it is and ignore people. I mean, it was just unbelievable egos. So you have to stick up for yourself. Yes. And and I think there's a, there's a couple more things. Sorry, I'm taking notes as you were talking. To I'm sorry, me. that was a very long story. Also, um, uh, so that actually, I have multiple things to talk about here, which I'm sure we'll fill out the rest of our time. <laughs> you never know how these um, things are going to go. You know, I, I think, and I know we've talked about... Um, being particular about, you know, if somebody's not working well with you, fire them, fire them and fire everybody until you get somebody that works right for you. Um, I think it might be important to point out, and I don't know that we've done this before. Um, the, what is currently coming out in uh, social and psychological studies about the effects of med school on people um basically their suicide rates are through the roof it's insane massive 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 comparative suicide rates um Brene Brown is one of my go-to's for this sort of thing if you guys don't know who she is go look her up she's amazing um she was talking about how you know she would give an anecdote where it's like you know somebody's shame experience was she calls her sally i think um it's a substitute name for whoever it was well had this teacher where okay we t- everybody took a test and the teacher's handing the gra- uh, graded test back and like okay everybody should have a paper except for this one i got one paper that had no name on it whose is it oh sally you didn't get a paper well here let me put your name on it for you s-t-u-p-i-d in front of the whole class like that. Now, Brene Brown, when she tells that story, she goes, now when I tell this to social workers or other sensitive groups of people, they're just like as dumbfounded as you and I are, where it's like, how dare that teacher do that? And her point is, depending on if you are angry about it, you know, that's that's easier and typically a healthier way for people to process that because you're like that teacher is rotten it's her fault or if you're ashamed of it where it's like oh my god I am so stupid I deserve this that shuts you down further kind of deal but that's another story when she tells this story to medical students and it finishes with the teacher going is anybody else surprised that Sally didn't put her name on her paper you know the medical students go, oh, no, of course, Sally wouldn't put her name on her paper. She's stupid. That's the med school response because it's so competitive yeah. that they are throwing people under the bus just to survive. Suicide rates go up because they're constantly afraid they're going to do poorly or they're going to flunk out because they have to have all these little memorized and regurgitations and, you know, the high pressure, high stakes stuff. So... I, I just think it's important to mention because that makes a lot more sense when you go to see a doctor then and you're dealing with an ego problem. It's not just the training and the I know more than you. It's that they've been put through that system that like if they don't know more than you, then they're going to have shame triggers 
and it's going to either push them into rage or self-destruction. That's typically how those two things work out. Um, so obviously in your situation, your anger is 100% justified. That's probably where he was coming from with his reaction, but it's another good reason to fire that person because that person is not going to be able to listen. Those physical therapists are not going to be able to listen because they've been so trained in this means this, this means that don't you dare deviate or you get destroyed. I didn't fit in their little box and they didn't, they refused to figure out another way. I'm like, I still wanted to be like, the site of pain is not always the source of pain. Yes. Look outside. But that's yes. what, that's what some physical therapists are, are taught. Like, this is where it hurts. This is what you deal with. But I mean, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, and a lot of times too, when you talk about, you, you'll see this with everything from physical therapists to athletic trainers, to personal trainers, all this stuff where it's like, okay, well, this muscle is weak, so you're going to do this movement. And then either they won't watch you and assume, or they won't listen to you and they'll assume like, okay, I can do, uh, oh, I'm totally, I'm totally blanking right now on a movement, a compensating, easy compensating movement. Let's go back to your clamshells, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm doing clamshells. So clamshells work this part of the glute, but you can compensate with something that's stronger. So you're feeling it somewhere else. That is very important information. And the human body is the great compensator. I mean, we're built to survive, you know? You hear stroke victims where it's like, their brain will rewire so that they can continue to function in a totally different way. It changes their personality most of the time, but you would think that if, you know, this part of the brain is completely cut off, you'd be in a lot of trouble and non-functional and no, you see the same thing with, um, adaptive athletes, you know, people who are, uh, amputees or other problems like that, where, oh, you shouldn't be able to do this movement, but they do. Right. We really need it compensating because it's a survival tool. So <laughs> that like, that's why it's a relationship and not a, oh, I'm going to this person to fix me. It's right. just as important to the clinician, the doctor, the instructor, the coach to go, what are you feeling as an evaluative tool to address yeah. that person as it is for the person who's experiencing it to be like, okay, I know you're saying this should do that, but it's not. Okay. Now we're communicating. Now we can work through it. You know, and I, I, back to your, like, I, talking to, talking about how you ride your bike and that's not what's happening. I can't tell you how many just casual friends or acquaintances or colleagues I have who, you know, we're in rehearsal or we're hanging out or whatever. And they'll ask me a question about playing their instrument and why we use, you know, this term for like, oh, if you're a string player, oh, use your wings, which lasts. And, but, but I don't feel my wings on this one side. I feel it only on that side. And like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I can poke you and ask you to flex things and try to move, but unless I see you play, yeah. and play without me thinking about or thinking about me watching you, I'm probably not going to be able to see what the problem is. You know? <laughs> no, you can't assume, huh, buddy? No, you just no, you I... can't assume, and it's it's it does a disservice to both of you to assume. Yeah. 
Now, if you want to describe to me what you feel, we can sort of kind of like, it's probably this and you could try that, but it's not going to be the same as like, let's actually look at what you're doing and work from there. That's, yeah. that's a major thing. Right. So. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I couldn't believe when she, when she said that. I'm like, I didn't have a clue how I look when I ride my bike. What if my bike fit is all off? Because it is. And, you know, my frame doesn't, my frame's too small. It doesn't fit me, but I'm stuck with it right now. So there's all kinds of things that are wrong. But I'm like, well, it has nothing to do with this hip injury, okay? It doesn't bother me. And then the longer I went to see them, the more I couldn't ride my bike because things started to bother me. And I honestly, I'm not, I'm not awesome always at sticking up for myself and firing people right off. I mean, I should have just been like, nope, out. But I kept going because I had faith in them. I trusted them yeah. to know more than me. Right. But I, it should have been a red flag when they didn't listen. And they continued yeah. to not listen. Yeah. And I, I started to get really defensive when I was going to be walking in there. I mean, that's a that's like a, a clue. Hello. You, and, I, you know, it's, it's easy yeah. when it's somebody else. When it's yeah. you, you forget. I'm paying them. Mm -hmm. I can fire them and go somewhere else. It's my yeah. body. Yeah. Well, but we're also, you know, in a culture that is you go to the expert in this thing for whatever it is. You go to the expert because they know and you don't. And yes, the expert knows there's limits, but they know. But that doesn't mean that you don't or that you have no factor in it. And the other way around, people you know, are made I, the same. They don't function the same. They don't no, have the same. No, and, and we can't all know everything, even if we're specializing. We can't. I mean, there's plenty of things. Um, like, how many degrees do I have in clarinet? How long have I been playing? I'm good at what I do. But there's certain things that if my students ask me, like, between me and, you know, one or two other colleagues, like, okay, if you want to know this, you come to me. That's my jam. I'm, I'm the best at this. If you mm -hmm. want to know about this other thing that it's important and I know enough to get by, but I'm not really super nerdy about, I'm going to send you to my colleague, like go to him. He's really good at it. If there's something where it's obviously between what we know, he and I will talk yeah. and together, but like we all have our limits. <laughs> you know? You can't be a specialist in everything. No. And you know? the human body does not work in isolation. No. It your sleep, work. your food, your food timing. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Your feet and how they connect to your shoulders, you know, like weird things that you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> the body just doesn't work in isolation. You need multiple people helping you who are willing to listen. <laughs> really to listen being the key there, you know, yeah. I mean, and think about, think about those practitioners that you end up staying with, like the thyroid doc that I have, mm -hmm. I fired the first guy because he said, well, I think you just have low blood pressure. Um, did you get all the blood? Like I had to tell him stuff I wanted on my blood work. I'm like, oh, by the way, make sure you test for antibodies, ferritin and vitamin D. And he looked at me like this, I'm like, put it on there. I'm paying you. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I was sick and tired of, of not having a clue what was going on. Why was I so tired and gaining weight and my hair falling out and cold and no energy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I have time for your sass, doc. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, put it. And so when, when, 
he may be sitting in that room for like an hour. This is a tiny office. I waited on him forever. My blood work was sitting right there. I'm like, well, it's not like it's top secret and I can't touch it. It's my blood work. So I went over there and I'm like, this would be really funny if he comes in and sees me looking through his papers. Well, what's he going to do? Fire me? <laughs> Whatever, I'm going to look at this. All my levels were all the way at the, at the bottom. They were with, within range, but they were all right at the bottom. Yeah. So he comes and he goes, well, you're, uh, you're within range. I just think you have low blood pressure. And I went, I am not an idiot. Did you know? You're fired. Bye. Give me yep. a copy of that too. So I took it with me and I found another doc. Um, and I've been with him ever since. I mean, he yeah. also has hypothyroidism, so he gets it. Yeah. Not many, there's not that many men, much less men doctors who have that. So, yeah. I mean, that, that was 2009. That's 11 years ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, I still see him twice a year in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, you find those people that listen, they get it. Yeah. I, I won't go anywhere else. Right. Yep. And having, oh man, having that trust and especially over time, it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing, especially because once you have that trust and relationship built, you know, like I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm so picky. I, I grew up as a dancer. I think we talked about that before. And I did all this physical stuff as a kid and somehow came out of it thinking that I wasn't fit or athletic or capable. And I, looking back on it, I'm like, okay. It was the it was a PE exam. It yeah. was that. And the fact that I didn't like fall sports. Like, but that doesn't mean I'm not athletic. Same here. Same here. I never thought I was athletic either. But because of all of that experience, I'm like, no, I, and especially going through the injury, like I know my body better than anybody else. So if anybody is going to work with me physically, you're going to be top notch or I'm going to get rid of you. And I, I've walked out on people who didn't necessarily deserve it before in terms of like, not angrily or anything, not at them, but if I'm in a yoga class and I'm like, this is not the right instructor for me and it's doing me more harm than good. I'll walk out. I won't be like, you know, screw you or whatever. <laughs> But you, like, you have the right to leave, you know, right. it's your body and it's your money. This is, just, this is just not right. But once you develop that relationship, you can start talking about, okay, well, I feel like this is my limit. And, and you'll get this with music students too, where it's like, oh, I can't go any faster than this. As an instructor, I can hear that they can. As a coach, I can see that they can. Like you can see and hear kind of what's the potential for it. Once you have that relationship, you can start like, okay, well, I'm at this point. And so from a clarinet instruction perspective, you know, maybe I'll have my student next to me. This is before the lockdown. And I'll just sneak the metronome. I'll start them slow, slower than they're used to. And I'll sneak the metronome up on them and not let them see what it is. Next thing we know, they're going 20 beats per minute faster. Than right. Um, or as a coach, like, okay, you're not counting plates. I'm loading your weight and you're not looking at it, you know, and you slowly not like, I'm not going to do a 50 pound jump on somebody, but like, you just eat them up and freaking 20 pounds heavier. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so strong. And I'm like, I know you are. And you're standing the whole time just in case, but you know, You have to have that give and take relationship where it's like, I'm listening to you. I'm not going to push you past where you're comfortable, but you also trust me now. (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. I mean, that's why they're coming to you. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think the big moral of the story here is never assume that you know more about somebody else or about something than somebody else, no matter what position you're in. Like, we could all stand and listen to each other a little bit more, maybe. <laughs> and if, you know, I, I mean, I wish I could, I could tell, tell those, those, uh, those doctors something helpful, like, you know what, maybe this is a learning moment for you instead I mean you can be an expert but your brain isn't full you don't know all the things obviously you can always learn yeah and instead of being offended and insulted why don't you take that time to go huh you know what you're a different case we gotta figure you out yeah thanks for making me think outside the box I mean I got clients that just of course I've got one that comes in every week something else is wrong I'm like get can you just have one problem? Does it always have to yeah. be something different? Like it's totally different. <laughs> but you know, it's it's like I, I cannot count the times I've said, "Thank you for keeping it interesting for me. You really are making me think." Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really having to think outside the box with you on this yeah. because I would like it to be this way, but it's not. Right. So we got to look somewhere else. Yeah. Um. Thanks for making me really think through this and come up with something else. And they're like, sure. Yeah, I mean, happy to do it, but, you know, I'm like. Well, that's why I love teaching and coaching, too, is because it's like, it's so dynamic. And it's so much creative problem solving for me, you know, like, this phrase doesn't work for this person. So what is going to work? How do I work this person to where they need to go? Not where I want them to go, which is great when it can happen, but where they need to go, you know? And so maybe it's like, okay, we're floating along here, progressing just fine. And I think that the next step is here. And their step is like that nonsense before they get there. (laughs) Right, right. But it's a challenge. And it's, it's, for me, it's fascinating. It's interesting. And I, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy the creative process of it. And you know what, when you, when you hit on something that really works for somebody, mm-hmm. it's a, it's that is such, such an awesome feeling, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so point in case, um, I just got a text from a client. I saw her last night. We've been working together for years, um, off and on. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to figure out what was going on with her back. She had some weirdo back pain, low back pain, but it was only certain ways of doing the thing, you know, and. And I'm giving her this movement assessment, like, you don't have an anterior tilt, but you do have an excessive lean. So it's why, but but if we do this, it's not not fitting into my box. What is going on? I don't know what's going on. So yesterday, she she was training for a mud run, and now she's not. She's like, can we take down the intensity, but still whatever? And so we did a whole completely different workout yesterday. Mm -hmm. I was left feeling like, did you really get, is that a workout to you, really? She's like, that was perfect, thank you. I'm like, okay. Right. So I did some um, assisted stretching. I did, I did a little neurokinetic therapy on her last week because I have to get back in the practice of reminding myself, how do I do this? I haven't touched anybody in like months, I don't remember, you know. Yeah. So and I had nobody to practice on since March. So I spent like two and a half hours with her trying to thing up stuff. So yesterday I gave her some assisted stretching, a little mm-hmm. extra PNF, or neuromuscular, uh, PNF stretching. What's the one where you, you put, push against, and, you know, yeah. PNF, yeah. We did some assisted PNF stretching at the end, and uh, 
I just got the most awesome text from her like just now while we were talking. She said, uh, my back is looser than it's been in a long time. It feels so good. And uh, she was gonna go to see a stretch, stretch clinic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, ask him about these three stretches that you did and ask him what he sees and whatever. I said, well, were you gonna go to the stretch place? She said, I did, but my back was feeling great when I woke up this morning. A little tight, but not near what it's been. That's all you, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's like those little moments you're like, I did something right. I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to know everything, but when you hit on it, where it works, yeah. you know? And if you're not open to learning, yeah. you're going to miss that. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she has to be patient with me. <laughs> yeah, most, most people, though, most students and clients, I find, are way more patient than... I am with myself. I'm like, you know? <laughs> I want to fix you. Right. I can't. I just want you to be your best right now. And I want to give you the perfect thing. <laughs> I know. I know. But you it's know, like, I've got another client. She's got knee issues and, and rotational issues. She's got all kinds of stuff. Um, but she's a former gymnast and a former diver and she's hypermobile, like to the Instagram. Uh-huh. And she's, she wants to get stronger and also have that pain go away, which is funny because she's a beast. She is strong, but she wants to get stronger. So that's fine. So with her, it's fun to program because I can I can throw all the cool stuff on Instagram into her program. She can do hollow body, pal off, twist, hold thing. I mean, she can do all the things. She can hang and lift her toes. And yeah. so I had her trying to do it with one arm yesterday and like one leg. She couldn't do it. I'm like, ha, I found something you can't do. <laughs> it was so fun. But like with her, it, it's it's fun because I can program all the, the cool stuff. I get really creative with her because it's she's got a lot of asymmetrical yeah. and rotational issues. So I can throw all the one leg, one arm. Yeah. You know, I don't know for whatever reason her she makes me creative. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been able to figure out what's going on with her knee. It drives me nuts, but then I think, you know what? I don't know all the things. I might never figure this out. This is also, I'm not a physical therapist, I'm not an occupational therapist, I'm not an osteo. I don't have to know these things. We could try, and I might hit on something that's gonna work because we're fixing other things. Yeah. But it, it bothers me that mm-hmm. we I haven't been able to do that, you know? Yeah. So But you know, it, it's also can be as simple or not as simple but more complex where it's like okay well like you were talking about just because that's where it hurts and like we were talking about with the articulation issue but you've got I'm sure air and (laughs) all those issues like so it, it's going to most likely be that multi-layered thing. And maybe the multi-layer is she's got to go talk to an expert that's parallel to you, or maybe that's that she's got to get something else stronger before she can get the thing stronger that she needs. So she can start working on it. <laughs> Which yeah. if we're going to circle all the way back around, goes back to that, like those, those quick fixes. They're just, if you think about, and, and we'll do this as a separate topic, but I'll kind of splash this in there as a teaser, if you will. We, 
as performers sacrifice so much of our lives to what we do. Most of the time we don't choose exactly where to live. Sometimes we do, if we're lucky. Most times we don't. Um, we obviously sacrifice a lot of financial income potential, most of us. Um, <laughs> you know, we sacrifice a lot of personal time, personal life, um, personal friendship life. trained, um, long-term relationship development tends to be delayed. <laughs> and we're spending hours of our day beating ourselves up, oftentimes to the point of um, unhealthy. Um, whether that's in terms of our practice is no longer healthy or in order to compensate for how stressful that is, maybe we're not eating well or not resting well. Mm -hmm. We do this stuff as a sacrifice to our craft. And then we don't want to work on the long-term physical stuff that goes with it. Like you can spend years rebuilding your embouchure and your air support. And, but, but, but the low abs, those, those aren't, aren't critical. We can, we can just skip the gym. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I mean, you know, that's why I got started as late as I did. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, but you know, so, sometimes you gotta go down that like, well, maybe I can try this and maybe I can try that to come back around to, mm, this is as much a part of my daily practice as practices. As practices. <laughs> so. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll save that for another podcast, though. Good <laughs> I, think, I think we've, we've tackled the uh, issue at hand. I think so. Anything else you want to throw in there? Nope. All right. You want to do some plugs? Sure. You go first. Okay. Um, again, I am Dr. Jen Cabis. You can find me online. On, online. <laughs> online. At tunedandtonedperformance.com. That's tuned with a D and toned with a D. Um, Instagram and Facebook, at tunedandtonedperformance. Um, YouTube, just type in tuned and toned performance and come right up. Um, if you know Angela's YouTube or mine, you can find us, our YouTubes, through each other's YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, you know what mine is when you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think I looked it up, I think it's Music Strong Angela. Okay. I think. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. So, yeah. And I'm Angela McHuston of Music Strong. And type in Music Strong, you find me on all the things. So it's Music Strong Fitness on Instagram, Music Strong on um, Facebook, and my website is Music Strong. And we think, I think, Music Strong Angela or Music Strong Fitness Angela, maybe on YouTube. <laughs> But oh, you can no. also find your YouTube through your website. So yes. if you're having you a hard time find finding it, the little buttons up there at LinkedIn and Twitter and yeah. all of it. <laughs> Just go to my website and click on the icons. You're fine. Yeah, websites are great. <laughs> all right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.